0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Oh, hello chickens. Today's episode is brought to you by Peter, uh, who has uh, given some support on the ACAST support function. uh, And he says, here's a coffee, as promised. Oh, yes, he uh, did um, message me on the Twitter. uh, And he has a very, very important contribution to this episode. More than the coffee, believe it or not. So we are going back into, we're journeying to the centre of the TARDIS with you. We're all going into the centre. Now that we've done the episode, we can talk about it. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Because there were spoilers before for an episode that was on 10 years ago. Um, (laughs) Or seven years ago, whenever it was. Uh, Anyway, um, (laughs) Peter, who has given us some support. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for the coffee. I'm going to drink it now. Mmm, yum, coffee. Uh, Peter says, I enjoyed this episode when it was first on, but I didn't like it when I re-watched it later. I'm not sure why. I think it was probably because of the way the brothers treated Tricky. Yeah, they're very mean. Um, the melted future selves were a good monster for the show. He's written monster in inverted commas. Uh, and the way the frozen time in the engine room was shot was brilliant. Yes, I agree. That is a breathtaking scene. Um Sometimes the things that are on the page in uh, Doctor Who do not translate well to the screen. But this is one of those times where it's like, whoa, this all looks good. Um, uh, Kimbo uh, has said, a Star Wars story about trams. Oh, how I've missed the theory podcast and Adam Richards' delightful tangents. Thank you, Kimbo. Uh, Nairi also was delighted by the weird Star Wars tram story. I know, a a tangent from the first shot of the episode. Uh, It was a special one. (laughs) Um, speaking of Nairi, she says the Cyber Brother storyline was good, but the burnt future self-zombies wasn't my cup of tea. Not a huge fan of the episode, not gonna lie. Um, oh, and more Italian plays, Adam. <laughs> more Italian, well, you want the whole of the the prayer by Anthony Collier? <laughs> As sung by menu items. <laughs> Ravioli... Uh, No, we won't do that anymore. (laughs) Uh, So, Nairi also said, uh, after listening to my ridiculous friend Peter's text commentary on the Doctor Who movie, she said, Peter should narrate everything. What a wonderful take. Well, you're in luck, Nairi, because he did. Um, (laughs) Yeah. He texted all the way through the journey to the centre of the TARDIS and said, "Uh, the TARDIS corridors are giving me SCARO vibes, and on an angle. Uh, And then he's like, the Doctor's got it wrong. He's putting his mask on to go inside the TARDIS. He can't be in Victoria. Oh Peter lives in Melbourne and uh can't go out of the house anymore. Um I couldn't go out of the house this week. I had a covid test last Monday and it takes like a, like 4 days or something stupid to te- to let you know you can go out again. It was very very frustrating. I just had a cough and a bit of a runny nose and I so I just went down to the covid testing place which took 4 hours to for someone to s- Dicker swab up my nose. (laughs) Peter goes on, "Um, uh, this moving camera is annoying me and it's making me seasick. Oh, he doesn't like this episode clearly. The sensor is very philosophical, he says. Everything you could ever want. Yes. Monster cam! Oh, he's excited. Uh, (laughs) The monster POV seems to switch between actual POV, point of view for those playing at home, and looking at them. Very confusing. I'm trying to like Clara, but she's making my teeth hurt. (laughs) She's very sweet. (laughs) Um, I'm broken. When the doctor started talking about a small tear in time, I instantly thought, "Oh, like an I can't finish that one, Peter. That's rude." And I know it's not technically rude, but because you can get it from stodgy food and not using toilet paper properly. But look, let move along. Uh, Pete says, "When did the Eye of Harmony move downstairs? Where's the big eye thing gone?" Oh, and then obviously he's finished. Meh. Uh, He says it almost had some good bits. The basic idea is sound, but it just sort of plodded along and I couldn't give two hoots about any of them. Matt Smith deserved better. And Jenna Coleman too, I guess. Clara just feels like such a template. (laughs) The Danny Pink stuff gave her something, but I still didn't really care for her. Oh, well. We have Graham now, though smiley face. Oh, thank you, Peter, for your for your contribution <laughs> to this episode. Um, now I did ask you if you knew what the voices were when, because all I heard was um, the collected hordes of Genghis Khan, which was the Ninth Doctor. Uh, Luke said. The 8th Doctor, 10th, 6th, 7th, 5th Doctor I picked up on. Oh, he's, like, he's, he's, he's got them all. Um, he's got a full set. It's a full house at, at Luke's house. Uh, Peter, who different Peter, not my friend Peter. I mean, everyone's my friend. You're all my friends. But Peter, who uh, who get, bought me a coffee today, um, sent me this, which he found on a Doctor Who fandom page. So the, you hear the voice of Susan Foreman when she says, I made up the name TARDIS from the initials time and relative dimension in space from The Unearthly Child. You also hear the third Doctor saying, the TARDIS is dimensionally transcendental. And then Joe going, what does that mean? (laughs) That's from Colony in Space. It's the only good thing in Colony in Space. Um, The 11th Doctor (laughs) saying, you sexy thing. (laughs) And then Idris, uh, which is the TARDIS in human form, replying... See, you do call me that. It is my name. Oh, bless! Uh, followed by the Doctor saying, "You bet, it's your name." Um, that's from the Doctor's wife, obviously. Uh, the Fourth Doctor saying, "That's transdimensional engineering, a key time discovery." From the Robots of Death. The Ninth Doctor saying, "The assembled hordes of Genghis Khan couldn't get through that door. Believe me, they've tried." That's from Rose. Uh, Martha Jones saying, "It's just a box with a room crammed in." From Smith and Jones. Amy Pond saying, we're in space, from the beast below. Oh, when she fell out the door. Um, and Ian Chesterton asking, a thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere in time and space. From an unearthly child as well, as the same as Susan. And finally, the fifth Doctor saying, you've changed the desktop theme, haven't you? <laughs> From time crash oh what uh that is there are a lot of voices all crammed into one I want to watch it again now I'm not going to but I want to um I did enjoy this episode in a way I hadn't before Peter and I had a phone conversation about it yesterday and he's still not mad about it um but uh, I like the fact that I thought they were going to be antibodies, like the TARDIS was sending things to kill them, Um, and then they turned out to be their future selves. And Peter said, but why from the future were they terrorising everyone? I went, because it's the future. (laughs) I mean, I suggested maybe they were trying to warn them not to do the things that they were going to end, that were going to turn them into the things that they became... I don't know. Um... But yeah, I'm I'm bang up for my quantum entanglement uh, space Bluetooth thing, um, <laughs> which which I can't. I really, that's my favourite theory at the moment. I'm I'm really into it. Um, uh, also, my favourite comment on this was possibly Tom on Instagram who just said, "Love it." <laughs> I find it interesting that um, Peter Coffee Peter, as opposed to Phone Peter. Uh, <laughs> The Coffee Peter said he enjoyed it when it was first on, and didn't enjoy it now. Um, Whereas I was the other way around. I think my biggest problem when it was on back at the time was that I didn't want to know about the whole thing with the Doctor's name. That was like an ongoing storyline thing, what's the Doctor's name? I'm like, no, I like the mystery. Just leave it alone. Um, also, Clara had no personality. Like, Jenna Coleman has stacks of personality, and I think she was doing an amazing job bringing something to a character that was woefully underwritten. And she was... I mean, it was a deliberate thing, because it's like, who is she? What's the mystery behind Clara? What? Why does he keep bumping into her? What's the... What's the weird thing going on with her? And so, because they're trying not to reveal anything about her, they reveal nothing about her. Um, also, there was like a weird... Like, as, as the show went on, there was sort of like a weird disconnect of like, oh, her mum died and there's a leaf. And then the, then she's got a mum, but it's not really explained who that other mum is. Is she a step Is she another mum? And she seemed to live in different places. Oh, and then she's like a nanny for these other people. Like, I just... It was confusing. I didn't really understand who Clara was. Uh, And then, you know, we find out in the... Is it the name of the Doctor where she goes into all of his time streams? Um, Anyway, we find out that she's been part of his life for a very long time and that's why he keeps seeing her. But that also is not a character trait. So, yeah, it wasn't until Capaldi came along that she got kind of a personality Um, and that was because she needed to look after him because he was he'd become you know incapable of dealing with other people and she had to do all the interfacing with regular people for him but yeah anyway that's my problem with Clara but in this episode she doesn't really have much to do other than knock over a couple of bottles um, and have a fight with the TARDIS (laughs) Very weird uh, anyway so next time uh, we are going into the Ark of Infinity because I figure let's go in a full circle we started this with the three doctors on Gallifrey let's end it on Gallifrey with the fifth doctor uh, the Ark of Infinity Peter Davison uh, with Nyssa travelling in the TARDIS it's, it's very exciting we're going to go to Amsterdam you'll love it